Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast, getting you set for week three in the NFL, mostly from a betting perspective. Julian Edlo, my co-host Steve Buchanan, will be going through the board here in week three. We were just kind of saying off the air, um, kind of a tough week when you're looking at the board uh, overall. Over the past two weeks, there's been a lot of situations where like you and I like some underdogs that we liked. Uh, kind of tough for this week. It seems like to be a very uh, heavy favorite uh, of favor uh, this week. Uh, looking at how the board has come out overall, uh, looking at how some of these teams have done um, straight up favorites are now 18 and 14 on the season after a very heavy underdog week in week one. Uh, the under has been hitting a ton overall uh, this season too as well. So something to keep an eye on as well, but let's just get right into it. First and foremost, uh, Julian. What are we looking at on the board here? What's one of your favorite plays on the week? Yeah, so <clears throat> what I said to you off the air was this reminds me of, and I don't, I, I should go back and look at what week it was. Maybe I'll put it out on Twitter. Last year, there were a couple of weeks that I was like, these are teaser weeks. Yeah. I didn't bet any spreads. I don't think, I mean, I'll give you, I'll tell you who I like in certain games, but I don't think I'm going to bet any spreads this week. I'm going to do all teasers. Um, and that week last year, all the teasers on the board hit, which included like a five or six leg teaser at big plus money. So I actually just added this morning on Thursday morning to my NFL best bets article, a Panthers, which starts on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, my best bet we'll get to at the end. It's a two team teaser. It is what I gave out on Monday and I'm officially going with it today, but Carolina against Houston, Arizona against Jacksonville. Yeah. Buffalo hosting Washington is now down to seven and a half. Um, Cleveland hosting Justin Fields in his first start. He'll be good. This is one I like, teaser? I like the Browns in that game. One teaser. Um, and Baltimore at Detroit. This is a five-leg teaser. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it gets everybody to minus two or better. It's plus 400. Wow. Now, this is not, as you know, this is um, out of character for me. That's why I was like, that's why I had to confirm this was one teaser. It's out of character for me. It's a one-unit it's going to be a one-unit play at plus 400, how I wrote it up in the article, whereas bigger plays I like, I've been doing two, two-and-a-half units this year. Yeah. Um, now, listen to it this way. Like, if you can convince yourself something is value, then I'm all about it. If you put those five teams in a money line parlay on DK Sportsbook, yeah, it's plus 212. If you tease wow. them, it's plus 400. That's pretty damn good. You are getting double the value on teasing unless we get – really screwed on a one of these teams winning by one or two yeah the ones that are one and a half two on, on the spread like as long as these teams all win by like a field goal essentially um we're, we're gonna be okay at twice the odds of the money line parlay so two teams that i worry about in this i like this overall like don't get me wrong like I, i'm probably going to be taking this myself buffalo worries me a bit against washington and then you and I have both Buffalo, said this. Uh, oh, sorry, Buffalo, Washington. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, the Browns against the Bears, starting Justin Fields um, officially. You know, that could go either way. Like, that could end up being a total disaster, or that could end up being what every what Bears fans have been waiting for uh, since April was the draft. May? What was yeah, the draft? Sure. Early 2021. That's April. a good way to put it. Um, those would be the two teams that I would worry about the most. Uh, love the Ravens. Love the Panthers. Absolutely love the Cardinals. That's that's my favorite play uh, of the week. 
uh, spoiler alert, is the Cardinals. But um, what's the team that worries you the most of those? Is it still the Browns? Because you mentioned that to me off the air earlier in the week. Is it still the Browns or, or is Buffalo in that mix for you as well? I'm more confident in Buffalo at home against Washington because of, and I know it's a league that goes back and forth, but like yeah. what we saw on Thursday night football against the Giants from Washington's secondary was awful. And now you go against Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs at home. I think they're going to be okay here. The yep. Browns concern me the most because like there's no real NFL tape on fields. And now he's he's not a gadget guy anymore. He's the starter. Um, that'll give him a much longer leash to kind of do his thing. At the same time, it's the Bears. The defense is awful. Um, I don't think they're going to be creative enough to get there. Now, the Browns are down some wide receivers, but I think they have enough in the pass rush. And if Fields, you know, if this was Dalton, it'd be so much easier. Fields can escape the pass rush with oh, his yeah. legs, obviously. Um, so that's the only concern there. And then um, – the Browns are down some receivers, but if that makes them run the ball more, I'm fine with it. Like Chubb and Hunt should have big games here. I think the Browns get it, get it done at home. Yeah. So it's funny that like, I'm the one who's like more conservative on the show. That's never how it is. I'm, I'm the reckless guy. I'm the one who's always like, yeah, let's, let's add another leg to this one. It's a smaller um, play. I just think those are the ones that you want to make different combinations of your favorite two team teasers. And then just in case it is that week, because there is always, a week or two where this works. I think this might be the week. So I'm put, lumping them all in at plus 400. Now other people talk- are going to say, you know, real quick, like the chiefs are six and a half point favorites. Notice I did not include them. Yeah. Um, the Broncos are going to beat the jets, but you don't get them through the key number of three. You get them only down to down to four and a half. If you do that teaser, um, there are other popular teaser legs too. two home underdogs. People like getting the Rams to seven and a half. People like getting the Vikings to seven and a half. Yeah. Um, I like those. I think they're, they're sharp plays, but I'm staying off of those. So huge teaser week coming up in the NFL. So I talked about earlier in the week that I loved getting the Buccaneers because they were the underdogs earlier this week. They were the ones that were at plus one and a half, getting them at seven and a half. That has since shifted. They're now minus one and a half on the spread. So I don't like them as much anymore in in a teaser. If you're making it later in the week now, I would have much rather gotten them at seven and a half. You, what you still okay with it? No, you, you don't tease the you don't tease the bucks. You never. Oh tease right, the yeah, exactly. Right. Um. So if if you didn't catch that earlier in the week, I'm not. I'm you know I'm not teasing them anymore. Um. Where I am at though for this week now, um, being later in the week, if you're still looking to make some teasers, um, Cardinals Ravens for a two team teaser. I think that's one of the best ones on the board. Getting that at minus one twenty, you get the Cardinals down to minus one. You get the Ravens down to minus one and a half. Both should Agreed. easily do that uh, against both teams. I know the Lions have been a little bit feisty, you know, a little bit feistier than we like, but, you know, we saw how much they collapsed at the end of that game against the Packers, one that they were kind of hanging for the first half. You know, it was kind of like, oh, crap. Like, you know, like maybe this team can hang. And uh, they can't hang. They can't hang. Um, shouldn't be able to hang against the Ravens. I absolutely love the Cardinals. I am still shocked that this is uh minus seven like they are better than a a a touchdown team against the jaguars like when you saw what kyler murray looked like last week over 400 yards uh rushing a touchdown through for three uh doesn't even need deandre hopkins the entire game to do all that they had that uh hookup early in the game i think it was really the first drive where hopkins quickly made four catches but uh kind of ghosted the rest of the game And, and murray still had an incredible game like they're deep they're just so deep and I, I love everything about that team so this kind of feels like the Patriots line for me last week against the Jets like I look at that and I'm like this is not right like I think that this should be a little bit higher so if that's how I feel then you know teasing them down to one give me a break like yes like the Cardinals are going to cover that one so uh Cardinals Ravens um that's my favorite teaser of, of the week overall favorite I have no problem still taking Arizona at minus seven. I have no qualms about that at all. They should uh, be able to get that. Obviously, if you can get it down to six and a half, even better. But I'm I'm still fine with, with taking them at seven. Yeah, if you made me wait for Sunday for my best bet Sunday, um, <clears throat> because my best bet does involve Thursday night, I would say the Arizona-Baltimore teaser is my favorite outright play on, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I Like I said, I don't think I'm going to, unless we get like weird news that is unexpected, I don't think I'm going to bet a single spread um, standalone this week in the NFL. Yeah. If you made me bet one 
and I hate it. I'm on Raiders under eight wins. The Raiders are going three and zero and covering the growing four and a half against the Dolphins. Um, I forgot you were on under eight. <laughs> I'm gonna need. I mean, look, this is one of those examples of you can't let where you have your money in the futures market tie up like what you're seeing right in front of your eyes. Yeah. Um, the Raiders are playing well right now, and Miami without Tua. Not that Tua is the best to begin with, but Miami without Tua really struggles to move the ball. Raiders good defense at home. Raiders minus four and a half. If I play a spread, that's going to be the one. Um, and then I'm going to need the Raiders to go ahead and what out of their last 14 games, I'm going to need them to go. Oh man. Six and no, not even five and nine. Yeah. So that I can push. Right. <laughs> Week three, and you're already hoping for a push on a future. <laughs> here, here we are. I mean, Lions under five is off to a good start. Jags under six and a half is off to a good start. Those yeah. are my other ones. So, yeah, uh, Colts to miss the playoffs is is looking good for me right now. I, took I like. Some, I took some big plus money on Colts to miss the playoffs when that Wednesday news came out. Yep, yep. me too. And then told, it looked I like I told you to do that. Yeah, and then it looked like it was going to backfire because they're like, oh, no, he's going to be good. And we're like, oh, crap. And then, no, it's been fine. Nah, nah, nah. Hey, let me ask you about this game real quick, too, because I have a lot of interest in this one. And um, uh, Seahawks and Vikings. Seahawks only one-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. I don't think we've really talked about how good Russ has been through the first two weeks because we've seen a lot of other great performances, like, you know, Dak looks good coming back. Brady obviously doing what he does. Kyler Murray looking really good. Uh, Russ has been really good for the first two weeks. This Viking secondary has been bad, really, really bad. Like really specifically like Brashad Breland, who was from the chiefs last year on the Vikings this year, he's already been scored on three times already in the first two weeks. No, no other corner has been scored on uh, more than twice. So Breland already leads the league and, um, and touchdown scored against. He only allowed five last year. So already three. And then you got Lockett and you got Metcalf. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Over under obviously indicates that 55 points. Um, you've been able to run on the Seahawks uh, easily. They've been getting up a ton of receiving yards to opposing backs too. So obviously they have to deal with Dalvin Cook. But I'm kind of really, really liking the Seahawks at minus one and a half here. And it seems like uh, I'm just trying to pull up the numbers here real quick where the public is on uh, for that one. Actually, I don't have it in front of me. Um, but I, I, I just really am digging Seahawks minus one and a half. Like you said, there's not a lot of spreads you're going to be picking this week. That one just keeps yelling my name, the minus one and a half for the Seahawks. <clears throat> so when, I, when we had Johnny Avello on on Monday, Johnny actually told me that he thinks the wrong team is favored in this one and that this will close Minnesota a favorite. Now, wow. it hasn't gone that way so far, but I think that thought process is why I've seen a lot of sharp bettors take the six in a teaser and get Minnesota up to plus seven and a half, which is yep. – getting through some huge key numbers for yeah. a home team. Um, and Seattle's defense hasn't been great either. We saw the, the what was it, 33 and 30 home loss yep. to Tennessee last weekend. The Vikings' offense has been playing well. Kirk yeah, Cousins and that offense are playing well. The receivers, um, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook is playing well. It's the defense, like you said, that has been miserable. And Seattle's been giving up points. So I actually took a different spin on this game. And like I said, I rarely bet totals, but I wrote up some totals this week. Um, I'm on the over 55 in this game in my best bets yeah. article. I think that we're going to see an absolute shootout here. Kirk Cousins and the offense are going, like I said. And people kind of think of them not in that light. But, like, they're going to put up points here at home. I think they can get to 30. And I think Seattle can get to 30. I'm not sure who's going to win the game. Minnesota's a, a good 0-2. They easily could be 2-0. and um, So maybe this is one at home that they need to win and they get from the Seahawks. I don't know, but I'm, I'm confident whoever wins it, it's going to be like a 35-32. Do you like teasing totals? I don't. It needs to be... I need to see some serious value for some reason. I can't think of a total that I've teased. Well, this is why I, I only bring that up because so we like the over in the Seattle game, obviously. Um, I like the over in the Ravens game. You can tease both of them down over 49 in the Seahawks game over 44 in the Ravens lions. Like that <laughs> feels like, that's why I, I bring that up because you can get some damn good numbers for, you know, for, for some of these games. Um, 
Well, here's the here. This is why teasers are dangerous. Like anything you tease, you're like, man, that's a sure. good number. It always looks good when you move it six points. It just needs it needs to hit. Um, I would probably rather than like make a total teaser. If I really wanted a total, I'd probably just tease it with something I liked. Like if my favorite leg is Arizona, I'm doing yeah. Arizona and the over forty nine in the Minnesota Seattle and keep it with yeah. something strong. Or if you want to, if you think it's correlated to the same game. Vikings plus seven and a half and over 49 in that same game. You can tease it. Um, so those are my thoughts. I've won, I've one more total that I got before we go to underdogs and best yeah. bets. Um, so I'll do that now. And totals, like I said, rare for me, but we're not going to see many points in this Saints Patriots game under 42 and a half. Yeah. I talked about it on Monday. I think it was at 43. I wrote it up in best bets, obviously at 42. It got down to 41 and a half back up at 42 and a half <clears throat> the Patriots have given up 23 total points through two games the Saints I don't know where that came from against the Packers the 38 in week one but they held the Packers to three and then last week they scored seven in their first road game against Carolina I don't and the Patriots only scored 25 points against the Jets with four gift wrapped interceptions from Zach Wilson these teams have good run games, young quarterbacks, a mistake-prone quarterback for the Saints, a guy in Mac Jones that, yes, the Saints are down some secondary guys, but Bill Belichick's not going to let them sling it. Right. This is going to be a low-scoring game in Foxborough between the Saints and Patriots. Both teams 0-2 on hitting the over so far, and they've both failed to cover by an average of 10-plus points, both teams. So there's – yeah, so there's something there's – Two right there. The Patriots actually were one of the, obviously because of Cam Newton, were one of the worst teams at hitting the over last year overall. Uh, but that trend is continued so far this year. Let's quickly talk about um, our underdog section. Uh, underdog section. Uh, who let the dogs out? We're both on the same underdog in this one. There's not a lot of underdogs that are in great spots this week. Um, but I think it's fair to say that both you and I do like the Bengals. Uh, in that game against the Steelers. Don't know the status of Ben Roethlisberger, who is uh, dealing with a pectoral injury, so that's something to keep a watch on. Uh, but it doesn't seem to be phasing too much because there's still minus 180 on the money line and minus three favorites um, at home. But at least for me, Joe Burrow is starting to look better and better every week. Love the connection with Jamar Chase uh, for also for selfish reasons, over four and a half touchdowns. So, you know, there's that. But uh, plus 155 on the money line, what do you think? Yeah, I mean that was the that's the dog that I initially gave out. Um, I don't think that it is the uh, the the worst spot in the world, but it's based on Ben Roethlisberger being injured, and I don't know. Sometimes he plays really well when he he's injured, so I'm I'm almost backing off my own dog here. If you're gonna go Bengals, I'll go Packers. I think the Packers have a chance to win that game Sunday night football yeah. against San Francisco. Um, both teams kind of Jekyll and Hyde, so we'll we'll see what we what we get there. Um, did we even talk? What did, did we talk Thursday night football even? On the last show a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just say for Thursday night football, I'm, I'll have an article. I'll have a best bets article with some, some props and, and whatnot, but I don't know if I'll even be on any of them. I think I'm just solely going to rely on a, a couple teaser legs on Carolina down to one and a half, two as my best bet for, for Thursday. And we'll see if the rest comes through when we get to Sunday, you want to give out your Thursday night play here? Yeah, uh, I, I like Chris Conley over two and a half receptions at plus 110. You know, they got two receivers that are going to be out in this game. Danny Amendola uh, recently signed, won't be playing in this one. Nico Collins, uh, I believe, just went onto the IR. So it's really going to be Brandon Cooks and Chris Conley. And if you have to ask me, you know, who the coverage is going to be on, it's going to be on Brandon Cooks. It's not going to be on Chris Conley. So obviously they have the rookie quarterback in this one. No, no Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Cause he's obviously injured. So there is some uh, concern there. And obviously the Panthers pass rush has been phenomenal. Their overall defense has been phenomenal. So that's going to be an issue, but to only need three receptions from Conley, getting that at plus money. Uh, I think that's a play that I, I'm gonna, definitely going to be looking at tonight. Um, okay. So my best bet, I pretty much gave it out. It's going to be the Carolina Arizona teaser. Um, that kind of ties right into our Thursday night one. If you wind up watching this after Thursday night football and you want one, I will very comfortably just adjust it to a Baltimore Arizona yeah. teaser because I'm nearly equally confident in that one. I don't think there's much of a difference. Steve, best bet for uh, week three NFL. 
Yeah, uh, I've been saying this since the beginning of the week. Cardinals minus seven going against the Jaguars. If you want to parlay that, uh, excuse me, uh, tease that with the uh, with the Ravens, getting them down to minus one and a half and then getting the Cardinals down to minus one. I mean, both teams should absolutely be in that realm to beat both teams like that. So I think that's a teaser you can look for. But I'm most certainly putting my money on the Cardinals minus seven against the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, that's going to do it for NFL for us. Coming up, um, I'm going to be joined by Tim Murray from VSIN. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of week four college football um, and give you hopefully some good bets to ride with there. All right, guys, welcome into the college football segment of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Um, if you happen to be watching on YouTube, you noticed that uh, my co-host Steve Buchanan, he is gone. He doesn't do the college football. And for that, we welcome in a special guest. Tim Murray from VSIN. You can find him on Twitter at number one, Tim Murray. He's the co-host of the Nightcap, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on VSIN. Um, co-host with Super Bowl champion uh, Sean King. Tim, welcome into the Unreasonable Odds podcast, man. We appreciate having you here. Yeah, man. Always, uh, always love chopping it up, Julian. It's, uh, it's great to be on, man. All right. Well, starting with the college football week before you came on, you will actually, before we get into that, we'll, we'll play know you better. We'll start with that. Um, get a quick icebreaker to know our guest, Tim Murray, a little bit better. Um, we always start know you better off. We'll, we'll pump you up here. I don't need it. It doesn't need to be your biggest dollar amount. Um, well, we don't need to know anything about that, but your favorite win of your sports betting career. Oh, my favorite win. Well, I'm hoping a couple hit this. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping a couple hit this year. Uh, but uh, I'll just do a recent one because um, my, my mind feels like mush. You know, last year uh, started at VEASAN uh, September 1st. And, you know, as you know, uh, in the futures market, there's not a ton of value when it comes to college football. Yes, you can find a long shot, um, you know. I'll give you one in baseball in just a moment, but for college football, I was sitting around new to town. I saw at the Westgate Superbook hung a five, you know, five to one on Bama. And I'm like that as crazy as it seems, you know, as, as we all like to scour the world for, for value, I'm like five to one in Alabama with everything they were bringing back. And, and they ultimately, you know, just destroy everybody in their path. So uh, that was a recent one. Uh, the second one was kind of a Homer uh, play, you know, I'm from DC um, and I'm a huge nationals fan. And when they won the world series, Juliet, I, I just, I just, it, it was not a, it was a, it was a bet with your heart type of moment. I mean, anyone yep. who knows the nationals uh, their postseason history had been just kind of gut wrenching, losing in the divisional rounds. And, and uh, I just went all in, you know, I went to the wild card game against the brewers where they got fortune. I had them on the money line in that game. I had a little future going in. Then they beat the Dodgers. Uh, they're a big dog against the Astros. So it's just one of those situations where I often say, and I'm sure we'll get into the Notre Dame game. I don't like betting on my teams, but for some reason that year, I was like, you know what? Let's just play with house money. So let's just keep firing away on the Nationals. So I got doubly uh, the satisfaction with not only my team winning a championship, but also having the, uh, the financial backing as well. That is my, that is essentially my 2018 Red Sox. I yeah, just right? backed them the entire way along the way and sprinkled some Steve Pierce plus 3000 world series MVP and got it. Um, the 2018 Red Sox. Very, very good to me. Um, all right. I got to flip the script on you here. Your worst bad beat. Oh man. There's been, there's so many, everybody has so many of them. And I'll just like start this by saying I gave out last week, Army minus 33 and a half against UConn. Ooh. Absolute destruction. 42 nothing at halftime. Um, they doubled the first half spread. They cashed their team total over in the first half. UConn had now gone 10 quarters without scoring a point against FBS competition. They scored 21 in the second half against the backups and cover. That is a new low for me. So I will actually give one out here on the podcast because this is one of my new all-time bad beats. Furious about it. Wrote it up in my article as my biggest play of the weekend. Had to get that out. Tim Murray, the floor is yours. Uh, so there were some bad ones on, in the MAC last year. Uh, though, I don't know if people remember, those midweek matching games last year were just brutal. And I was on, I remember watching bad beats for Van Pelt Center. And uh, and I, I think like I was on the wrong side of two of them one night. Um, but, I, you know, I, I like to do bigger picture type of things. I remember, I'm trying to remember the year. I think it was 2017. Um, so another kind of recent one. 
And it was, you know, the Golden State Warriors. This is the final year of Durant. And, you know, they, they weren't playing all that well in the regular season, but they were still chalky. They were still, you know, the favorites. And I think they got as low as like minus 200. And I said, I mean, they just can't, they're not going to lose. You know, I just kept firing away, firing away. And ultimately the Toronto Raptors won the championship. So I'm sitting there and I, I never, I never laid chalk like that. I'm, I'm always looking for the dog, you know, searching the, the dirt for something ugly. And I just was laying chalk left and right, like an amateur. And of course, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson get hurt. The Toronto Raptors win the championship. And I just, could just sit there with the tickets in hand thinking what an, what a dope I was to just keep backing the Golden State Warriors. That team seen it, it, it would seem too good to be true to get them at like minus 180 at some point in the regular season. And it was because they got hurt and I ended up eating all, all that. So uh, I, I still remember that. There are the individual games, there's no doubt uh, that, that you just try to flush from your memory um, you know, but ultimately, I mean, look, last week, I'll, I'll give you one, for example, last week I had uh, Boise at home against Oklahoma yep. state. I don't know what the ref is doing, blowing the whistle. I'm sitting there on my couch late night. I've got the TVs on and there's a fumble scoop and score for Boise state. They take the lead. They're going to wrap this thing up, but there was a whistle. So they review it. It was a fumble, but you can't assume a touchdown. So Boise State gets the ball back. They don't score. And the rest is history. So, you know, those recent ones where you always think you're on the right side, but there's always the gift and the curse because I was also on Memphis and Memphis had no business winning that game. They were outgained by like 200 yards. That punt return was complete bogus. So, you know, there's always the other side of the coin, too. I was on Memphis as well, so I'm glad we got that one done. I also had like four to five tickets on the Warriors that last Durant, oh. including I, I just couldn't get enough. Like I got in again when Durant got hurt in the playoffs, assuming he would come back. He did yeah. come back. Look what happened. Um, whoops. I, that's, I just kept piling on that one. Well, I mean, I'll give, you, I'll give you a quick one for this year. I remember I was just – we. I think so many of us in this industry – knew what was going to happen in that Suns Lakers series. And I, I played it perfectly to a T they lose game one. I'm sitting there at the sports book. I'm like, boom, fire on the adjusted series. I think I got like plus, I think I got like plus plus one ten. Lakers go out, dominate game two, dominate game three. LeBron's laughing, playing jokes. And I'm like, this is in the bag, easy victory. And then AD gets hurt and it's all done. So you can play it perfectly and then it ultimately can backfire because that's what happens in sports gambling. You're really speaking to me in this segment. I was huge on the Lakers after the game one loss. <laughs> um, I took the Suns. I didn't want to take the Suns for the game, I think, because I had the Lakers series before and I was like, I bet a little less because I was going to be prepared to double down when they lost game one. Um, but I took Suns like first quarter, first half in that first yeah, game. Yeah, I had first half Suns. You know, the Lakers felt great about it. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll get we'll we'll finish know you better on on this. Um, you're and every you're not allowed to say bankroll management because everybody says bankroll management. Your best advice for new sports betters with the recent blow up of all this legalization of of sports betting uh, across the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the phrase you just said, but what I'll, what I'll say is, you know, I think Brent Musburger has said this many times differently, but essentially just make it fun money. Look, at the end of the day, we're not going to make a living off of this. It's, it's a way to be entertained. It's a way to make a couple extra bucks if you want to, but you have to remember with the, with the, with the getting the extra bucks comes the losing of that. So if you have fun money, put aside, you know, you got a bonus at work or you had a birthday or holidays or whatever it may be, you know, make sure for the love of God, people, that you're taking care of yourself, your family, your mortgage, your bills. That's important. And then if you have a little extra ching that you want to have some fun with, just you have to be at the end of the day, if you're going to put out a hundred bucks, you have to be willing to lose that hundred bucks because more often than not, guess what? That hundred bucks will eventually be gone. We're going to try to win. And that's what we're competitive. And we, we do all the research, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's gambling for a reason. So uh, it, it, it kind of is what you said, but I'm trying to tweak it a little bit. Fun money, whatever's to the side, rainy day, fun, whatever you want to call it. 
uh, you know, make that your gambling money. Cause at the end of the day, uh, and, and, and just do your research and, and, you know, trust in people, but because we look, we, you know, you, me, people at VEASAN, people all over the place, there's really smart people, but the best hit, you know, 50 some odd percent of the time. Right. So just recognize that you're going to lose, but hopefully when you have those heaters, those runs that uh, you embrace it and you enjoy it. So uh, have fun with it. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, you're not going to make a living off of, uh, off of gambling. All right. We're going to get into some Saturday college football. Now you told me before the show, the game of the weekend, you're going to the game of the weekend. Um, that being the neutral site, uh, Wisconsin Notre Dame game. I think this is a really interesting game. The look ahead before the season on DraftKings Sportsbook, I think it was Wisconsin. A, this was a pick em. Maybe Wisconsin was laying one, but like it was essentially a minus 120 uh, Wisconsin, even money, Notre Dame money line type of, uh, type of line. Both teams have probably underwhelmed so far compared to expectations. Wisconsin has the outright loss at home to Penn State to start the season um Notre Dame finally gets its first cover running away at home against Purdue but obviously needed overtime to beat an FSU team that now looks not to be a good team at all and then needed heroics to beat Toledo like neither of these teams have done anything to impress us so far yet this is still the game of the weekend um you have the not that the rankings matter but you have the lower ranked team favored by nearly a touchdown now I don't like I can't figure this game out part of me is like this must mean, if the spread has gone this far, this must mean that Wisconsin's going to run away with this one. But if this gets to a touchdown, like Wisconsin hasn't shown me anything. How am I not going to take Notre Dame plus seven? All in all, I think this means we're going to see a lot of defense and you probably play the under, which has already moved down. Um, but what's what's your take on, on, I guess, both side and total in this game? Yeah, my first play, uh, I was waiting for it to, to pop and uh, it popped 47 and a half. Uh, the the openers here in Las Vegas uh, Circus Sportsbook I played under 47 and a half and I and honestly you know uh, 47 is a key number in college football uh, but I still would play it at 46 and a half that's the way I would look because um, you know I, I understand the rationale of thinking this is too many points and you know my betting philosophy has been for a long time if it seems too good to be true it probably is so let's just remove my Notre Dame cap. I probably would hold my nose and lay it with Wisconsin. But uh, I think when you evaluate this game, break it down, there's sense behind this line uh, because Notre Dame's offensive line, which has always been a strength really in the Brian Kelly era, uh, is, is incredibly down right now. Uh, you lose four players to the NFL. Jared Patterson is their best offensive lineman. He's their center. Uh, they bring in Kane Madden, who is an All-American at Marshall, but he was at Marshall and now you're playing with the big boys and he is underwhelmed so far uh, at the guard position. They've been, you know, shifting things around. Uh, they charted a true freshman at left tackle and Blake Fisher. He got hurt against Florida state. Uh, their backup comes in Michael Carmody. He gets hurt. Uh, we think Michael Carmody will be back. So when you look at the biggest disadvantage or advantage, if you're thinking about Wisconsin in this game, it's their defense against Notre Dame's offensive line. Jim Leonard is an incredible defensive mind dude got offered the green bay packers defensive coordinator position and turned it down to stay at wisconsin it's it's unfathomable a wisconsin guy got offered a green bay packers dc job and turned it down he's unbelievable he's gonna scheme it up they've had a, a week or so to prepare so that's why that's the why you would bet wisconsin conversely what has Wisconsin shown us julian that they can score enough points to win this game or this win my question Graham Mertz doesn't stretch the ball vertically. Uh, I don't think he's thrown a pass, I believe, over 20 air yards this year. So he had 20 or 30 air yards. Uh, Notre Dame's defense has actually been improving. Uh, they held Purdue to about 2.3 yards per carry, which uh, was a big step in the right direction after betting a couple gash plays uh, against Florida State and Toledo. Um, so it all just screams to me, you got to play the under in this spot, which is so awesome that I'm going to a game where I'm betting the under nothing more exciting than Been going there. to a live sporting event and having the under ticket in your pocket. But uh, you know, to me, this is a 23, 16, 23, 17, 20 to 17 type of game uh, all over. it. And the thing about Wisconsin that I think they will be able to do 
is grind this thing out. They can wear down Notre Dame because you look at the Penn State game that they lost. They had the ball for 42 minutes, man. I, I still don't know how they lost that game. I mean, I know how they lost a big chunk plays, red zone inefficiency, and that's an issue for Wisconsin. Five of 10 inside the red zone this year. That's horrific. Four touchdowns, one field goal, five missed opportunities. So I, I just all comes back to Wisconsin struggling to score, Notre Dame's offensive line, which allows five sacks per game. Now they go up against this Wisconsin defense that's going to throw crazy linebackers at you all over the place. So I don't like the side one way or the other because I could see Wisconsin winning this game like 23 to 13. Uh, but I do like the under. That would be if I had to make a play, and I have made a play, my own play would be to look under for this one uh, between Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there on the under being the best play in the game. Um, just quickly, the rest of the noon window, you got an impressive Texas Tech team, now only a seven-and-a-half-point dog at Texas. Um, you got LSU laying three at Mississippi State. Uh, you got BC who lost its quarterback and now hosts an SEC team in Missouri as a, as a slight dog. Any of these other decent games in the noon window jump out to you at all? Yeah, the Boston College uh, one, I won't, it doesn't jump out at me as a play, but I'll talk about bad beats and I feel bad for the young man. So it's more, you know, look, I, I just put a couple bucks on it, but I have the over on Boston College wins and Phil Dracovic goes down. So one of my not big, ideal there, but uh, that's hey, one of my big have, college football futures this year. Yeah, still have a chance to come home. Look, I, I you know, if people have listened to me or know me at all, uh, Mississippi State is screaming my name. That line seems short. I think the public's going to like LSU in that spot. It's actually dipped down under three. I think Mississippi State wins this game outright. Uh, you, you talked about the Memphis game last week. I was on Memphis, fortunate to get that win and that cover. But look inside the box score. They outgained uh, Memphis 469 to 246. Will Rogers is the real deal at quarterback. He's really impressive. And their defense, Mississippi State's defense, is really solid. You're at home in Stark Vegas. Two weeks ago, they had that big win against NC State when everyone thought NC State would go in and win. They dominated that game. And LSU lost one of their best defensive players this week in Andre Anthony, who had already three and a half sacks on the year. I think Mississippi State wins this game outright. Uh, so take the points late on the money line. Uh, I really like this spot for Mississippi State, a bounce back uh, after losing to Memphis on the road last week. I think this is a buy-low opportunity on Mississippi State. And you've seen that so far in the market as it's kind of gone in their direction. So if you can get a three, grab it. Uh, but also look towards the money line because I think Mississippi State wins this game outright. Yeah, I wish this was an LSU spot, but I think I'm with you there. I will say I don't hate BC as a plus 105, plus 110 money line dog at home. They, the backup is a senior. Yeah, um, He has experience like they might be able to get that done. I'm not going to bet that game. I'm going to root for BC because of that win total. Um, all right. Looking at some of these, some of these later games, Clemson has been bad, very bad by Clemson standards. Now a 10 point favorite at NC state, like all the value. I don't even know what the look at it was here, honestly, but uh, <laughs> all the value is gone. It feels silly almost to take NC state plus 10, but I lean NC state plus 10. Clemson has been bad. This is a spot that they can maybe show that they have something. Just the offense hasn't been great. I, I think if my favorite play in this game would probably be under 48. NC State has a pretty decent veteran defense. They do have a couple of injuries there, lost some guys. And Clemson's obviously great on defense. I would say under 48. But if you made me take a side, I'll still take the 10, I guess, with NC State, even though it's a bad number at this point. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the opposite in that one where I think you're buying low on Clemson. And you saw a couple of years ago, remember when they had that overtime game against UNC? Uh, they almost lost. UNC went for two and they win that game by one. And then they went all scorched earth. Now, the difference is that team had Trevor Lawrence and this team has right. DJ Um, But I still look at, you know, my partner, Sean King, every night says Clemson's going nine and three. They're going nine and three. I'm like, where are the losses? Where, where, who's beating them? You know? I mean, right. is UNC beating them? They're not playing the regular season. They're not playing Miami. So I think almost by default, Clemson's going to head back to the ACC championship. I would love to take NC State here. But, you know, the defense, even though they lost some, you know, interior talent uh, this week, Clemson did, uh, the defense is still just so good. They haven't allowed a touchdown all year, I believe. So, I mean, they're, they're so talented. So uh, it's a stay away for me. But if you made me play it, I'd probably take Clemson because it just feels like it's a buy low spot. 
on uh, on Clemson with a team with that much talent. They brought in Will Shipley. He's kind of taken over the running back position there. Uh, so, yeah, to me, it, it would be Clemson or pass in this spot. That's one that I'm – by the time we get to Saturday, I feel like I'm going to be on that under. Um, yeah, that's, if, that's not a bad play. If anything. Um, all right, in this 330 window, you mentioned if a line – stinks you love to be on that side yep. fsu has been horrible they've moved down from two and a half point dogs to one and a half point dogs hosting a decent louisville team got a nice friday night primetime win uh on a walk-off pick six against ucf as a seven point dog seven point home dog i i feel like you need to pick your spots here when do you want to be on the stinky side and when do you not Last week, FSU was supposed to be the sharp play, plus six against Wake Forest. They got bet all the way down to plus four and a half. They lost by three touchdowns to Wake Forest. Now they're a sharp play again hosting Louisville, and I get that this time they're at home, and Louisville's lost a handful of road games in a row. But I think we – like, how many times can it keep happening, FSU come out and stink, and you keep going back? Like, for me, the, the ship has sailed. FSU is not good. They're not going to turn it around. And I think Louisville minus 120 money line is the play. Do you like a side? Do you lean to a side in this game? Tell me why the stinky FSU Seminoles are going to win this game. Oh, this, this line stinks, man. This line is so stinky, stinky, stinky. Um, and you're buying at the all-time peak of Louisville, right? Last time we saw them, this incredible Friday night win. Um, so, look, I, what I'll say is uh, full disclosure. And when I lose, I'll tell people. I was on Florida State last week. I loved the spot, wrote it up for VEASAN.com, you know, bounce back, buy low, all that mumbo jumbo. And like you mentioned, they got smoked by Wake Forest. Now you look inside the box score, it wasn't as bad as maybe you, you think it was. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm, not, I'm not wasting my money, my, you know, your taxable income on, uh, on Florida State. What I do have in this game is a friendly wager with my partner in Sean King, He's, he's, he's with you. He thinks Louisville this is the right side. He loves Malik Cunningham. And I said, this line stinks. I gotta be, I gotta, I gotta roll with my embrace the stink theory. So we've got a little wine cigar bet on this one. No money, even though you, well, that's money, that's money. Things. but I'm not betting this game. If I had to, it would be a nose clip and on Florida state at home uh, to bounce back. But yeah, I, I look, I don't fault you whatsoever. Sometimes teams just stink and the market hasn't corrected yet. But for me, it would be uh, I'd have to go on my morals with Florida State here. <laughs> That's why I brought this one up, because I knew on your morals that you would have to tell me why you go FSU here. Um, and I am hoping that the market just hasn't caught up yet with how bad FSU is act- actually is. But we will find out. Um, OK, so. I'm just scrolling down the board here. We got the big night game is the Oklahoma-West Virginia game, uh, the primetime game. Oklahoma, give I give them no credit for the whatever it was, 70-something win, bounce back after the two-lane game. Good for you. Grinder barely win against um, Tulane. And then I, I know it's a rivalry game against Nebraska, but not even close. You win by a touchdown with a 22-and-a-half-point spread. This is at home, uh, West Virginia on the road. I haven't bet it yet, but if you made me, if you gave me a hundred dollars and said, you have to bet it on this game, there's no way I'm not going West Virginia plus 17. Um, but is it as by your theory, is this the buy low spot on Oklahoma? How much higher could it, could it have, have really been at this point? Yeah. I mean, they have been disappointing and they were disappointing last year to start the season. Remember they lose to Kansas state, they lose to Iowa state. Then they get things rolling. I, I don't know what's up with this Oklahoma team. Uh, we were all told that the defense has gotten better. Um, you know, with Alex Grinch, they, they look terrible against Tulane. Um, so uh, I, I will, you know, I, I am not betting this game. Um, I, West Virginia, I was all over West Virginia. Oh God. I love that spot. A ranked unranked team as a favorite against a ranked team last week. Yeah, it that's... just screamed my name and uh, I was all over West Virginia, but now they're going on the road. They historically have struggled on the road. Uh, if this thing dips under 17, I'd have to look a little bit towards Oklahoma here, but yeah, I you know I don't I don't love laying chalk all that much. Sometimes you got to do it. Um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, they have not looked the part yet. When are they going to turn it on? And as an owner of an eight to one Oklahoma national championship ticket, I'm wondering that same thing too. I'm like, 
when are you guys going to turn it on? I, you know, maybe a bad beat uh, going back to the preseason. I wanted to get in the futures market. I was staring at Georgia, Oklahoma. I could find them both at eight to one here yeah. in Las Vegas. And I go, you know what? I'm going to take Oklahoma. Even though I was talking up Georgia, they got those issues on offense. And they got all these injuries and they got some turmoil, whatnot. Okay, I'm going to go Oklahoma. Well, Georgia absolutely looks the part now with their defense. And Oklahoma absolutely does not. So uh, it's a long season, but uh, time to turn it on here. Let's, let's, let's go. Figure it out here, boys. I'm with you. I got some small Oklahoma plus 775 and I was looking at them in Georgia trying to figure it out. And since then, to be honest, I've, I've come in with uh, a pretty good chunk of, of Alabama plus 220, given how they've looked at yeah. the only team so far that looks like they can get in their way, obviously, is Georgia. So will we see? I mean, I think we absolutely are, are about to see an Alabama Georgia SEC championship game. I don't know how that doesn't happen. Um, the real question is, do we see them play again? Um, for all the marbles, which would be pretty awesome. Um, before we go, we'll get out of here on, on like a, a best bet for the college football weekend. Um, anything else on the board, any game that, that really jumps out to you? Yeah, there's a couple games. Um, you know, the number is, has has sunk, um, you know, uh, UTSA man, they're a good football team. And, uh, I have, uh, they've, they've had some fortunate spots this year, right? They played Illinois, right after Illinois beat Nebraska, they were a short dog. They went in one outright. I was on UTSA. I took them at four earlier this week. It's down to three. Uh, would love it at three and a half for, for those listening, if you can find that. Uh, but UTSA is the real deal, man. They, they, got, some, they got some talent. Uh, they got the best running back in the conference. They got a veteran quarterback in Frank Harris. Uh, so I think this is a tricky spot for Memphis, you know, coming off of that emotional win uh, over Mississippi State. So I would look a little bit towards UTSA plus the points. It's down to three, so not loving it. But there's one spot that I really like. And, is this going to be, uh, hold on, is this going to be the best bet? I guess. Yeah. This, all I right. mean, I, I, all right. Yeah. Before this year is college football week four, best bet from Tim Murray here. All right. Let's see if it comes home. So Indiana just had their heart ripped out from their chest last weekend right you're up 14 to nothing I was on Indiana because the world was on Cincinnati so of course I was on the Hoosiers 14 to nothing you get a stop a bogus targeting call is is called best linebackers ejected from the game they go down Cincinnati does scores a touchdown then you get a terrible interception from Michael Penix 14-10 at the half game is flipped on its head yep. ultimately Cincinnati wins that game by two touchdowns gets the cover for the world because everybody was on Cincinnati Next week, Indiana goes to Happy Valley, a rematch of one of the more thrilling games last year, right? The overtime game, the Penix touchdown, was it not? Was it was it a touchdown? Whatever. This weekend, they've got to go on the road, Julian, to Bowling Green, Kentucky, and take on Western Kentucky. A night game, it's family weekend at Western Kentucky. They're telling their fans it's a blackout. They're wearing their black uniforms. <laughs> And if anybody has seen what Western Kentucky has done this year, it's amazing. So Western Kentucky was one of the worst offensive teams in the country last year. They were like 117th in yards per play. So what they decided to do, they took the entire offensive staff, essentially, from Houston Baptist, this high-flying FCS team. They got their OC, the quarterback, and three wide receivers. They all come into Western Kentucky. After two games, they are tops in the country in yards per play. Bailey Zappi is the name of the quarterback. He's completing 75% of his passes. And now they've had a bye week to prepare for Indiana. They're getting nine points at home. And one last wrinkle, they played Army, Western Kentucky did two weeks ago. They were down by three touchdowns. They were getting six on the road at West Point. Guess what happened? Backdoor cover. Three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They are a high-flying offense. I think they could absolutely keep this game within the number. It, love it that it's north of a touchdown. I would even sprinkle maybe a little bit on the money line. But I just love the spot. It's a sandwich spot for Indiana. Just lost to Cincinnati. Penn State next week. And now we got to go on the road to play a hyped-up atmosphere. It's a night game, which I love. So uh, give me some hilltopper action. And uh, I'm just fascinated to see this offense and uh, see if it can shine against the Power 5 competition. Because it was an FCS team. Uh, Tennessee Martin, I think week one, and then it was army, which they lost, but they lost by three. So a bye week they're going to be all amped up. 
So I like Western Kentucky plus the nine against Indiana. Fair. I like it. A home, a home dog in a big game. Um, all right. I will quickly give out my best bet for college football. We're going late night. We're going with a big favorite. BYU first half minus 13 and a half hosting South Florida. South Florida is not good. They played a, um, an FCS school last year, uh, last week did not, weren't able to cover, um, first half so far this season, we saw them their only road game. They went to NC state to start the season down 24, nothing at halftime, ultimately lose the game 45, nothing. Um, they did play Florida the next week covered against Florida, a little bit worrisome way back door that was a look ahead spot for florida to alabama they completely shut down the second half do you know what the halftime score of that game was tim uh a lot to a little a lot to a little 35 to 3 gators absolutely smoked them in the first half similar to what happened on the road against nc state so south florida doesn't scare me at all byu 3-0 against pac-12 competition what have they done they led Arizona by 11 at halftime before ultimately uh, Arizona did cover that one, only an eight-point game. Then two outright wins as underdogs for BYU, up 16-7 to at half against Utah, up 21-7 to at half against Arizona State. They have been coming out and taking care of business at home. I think they're going to come out and throttle this South Florida team from the get-go and be up at least two touchdowns when they go to the locker room. And you get to um, stay up late, which is always a nice thing. Oh, God. Yeah, I got to work Sunday morning. I got to be in studio <laughs> for DraftKings. We got NFL content to take care of. I might not even – I might be asleep when that one uh, hopefully cashes. Um, but out in Vegas, let's see. That's why you live the dream out there in Vegas. Nice and nice and early kickoff for, for you. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's nice. I got to enjoy that whole Fresno State-UCLA uh, game last weekend, which was just glorious, especially if you had the points with Fresno State. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, I did maybe have a little bit of points with Fresno State there. No money line, though. Um, all right, that'll do it for us this, uh, this Thursday edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. Yes, we ran out of room for the S, at Unreasonable Odd. Um, we want to thank our guest, Tim Murray from VEASAN, co-host of the Nightcap, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., Eastern on VEASAN. You can follow him on Twitter at the number one, Tim Mur- Tim Murray. I'm going to assume you had some trouble as well with your Twitter hey. handle there. <laughs> um, I'm assuming somebody has at Tim Murray. Uh, Tim, thank you for joining the Unreasonable po- Unreasonable Odds podcast, man. Oh, I appreciate it. Hopefully we uh, bring home some winners for the listeners. For sure.